This must be someone else's tea. <laughs> or coffee. Sorry. <laughs> All right. I just want to, man, just give uh, glory to God. Just the way that He orchestrates all things. If you think about, I was originally thinking that, that this would just take one week to go through the, the, um, the spiritual discipline of Bible intake. And then I was like, ah, oh, Jake, maybe two weeks. Huh? And then after the first week, I was like, oh, well, oh, it's probably going to be three weeks. Um, so I'm not here to say that it's going to be four weeks. Um, however, I also forgot that last week was Labor Day, so I wasn't here last week. So um, um, Elder Jake thankfully stepped in and, and did worship. And then that put me at this week for uh, studying God's Word and uh, meditating on God's Word. And in, in God's sovereignty, just with the way things worked and, and where we are in the spiritual disciplines and where we are in James and where we are in Psalm 119, um, we collided so well this morning with, uh, with what we're going to be taking a look at as far as the spiritual discipline of studying God's Word and, and namely meditating on God's Word that I asked Pastor Jeremy, you know what, um, I think it would be great if we just combine the ABS today because normally the Pastor Jeremy's ABF is a sermon overview, you know, an extension of the sermon. And I said, the Lord could not have better set up a, an overview or an extension on uh, the material this morning than, than what we're going through right now. So praise the Lord for that. And I ought to cut Pastor Jeremy a check, but I know it's the Holy Spirit that did it. So I will save the money, give it to the charities, to the little one. <laughs> Uh, but no, seriously, in, in, in God's sovereignty, that, that worked out so well. So thank you for joining those who are normally in Pastor Jeremy's ABF. Just to catch you up, we're, we're looking over the spiritual disciplines, and um, I've taken up the spiritual discipline of biblical or Bible intake. It all comes from this book, uh, The Spiritual Disciplines by Donald Whitney. And... Um, and so we, we kind of have followed his structure um, loosely um, to, to kind of get to the point where we are today. So we've gone through hearing God's word, the spiritual discipline of hearing God's word. If you're at church, if you're at a small group, if you're here at ABF, you've, you've taken up that. Um, reading God's word, there are plans out front if you want to. I've kind of kept them throughout this series um, for three different kind of um, appetites for, he, for reading God's word plans anyway. And then... Um, uh, memorizing God's Word. We've gone through that a couple weeks ago. And now we're at studying and memorizing God's Word. Or sorry, meditating rather on God's Word. So I'm going to try to move through things quickly. I know that um, I usually am pressed for time, so uh, maybe, maybe we can get through in 45 minutes. So just to, to close out a couple weeks ago, and I, and I, I closed out by saying if you'd permit me um, the, the chance to, to close without taking any comments or, or questions about memorizing God's Word, I'll start this week with it. Um, uh, may I ask for yet one more grace? And if we can just save, uh, I, I know that I, I asked you for this, so if you'd allow me now to save all the comments and questions until the end of today, um, I think that that would work well. I'll, I'll just kind of move on from meditating on God's Word right into studying God's Word and then, uh, sorry, memorizing God's Word right into studying God's Word and then uh, meditating on God's Word. If you don't have one, let the ushers know. I think they've passed out a, a, a sheet to everyone so that everyone has uh, something to follow along with, just bullet points to help guide our time here this morning. Let's just begin in a word of prayer. Father, we are thankful for this opportunity um, to have a building for us to meet in. We're thankful for um, how you stand behind the church, how your Holy Spirit is, is leading us and guiding us in, in ways that we can't even, if we wanted to, line up well. Um, you are sovereign. We thank you for that. And we pray that your word would, would be opened to us, that we would be, have eyes to see and ears to hear and, and behold the wondrous things from your law. Amen. All right. So. Last week, or sorry, two weeks ago, uh, memorizing God's Word. Just a few highlights from there. Um, memorize it word perfect, right? Otherwise, you'll soon forget it and you'll lose confidence in, in your using of it, both for yourself and for others. And then also, these are not all the bullet points, but the ones that I want to highlight as we kind of move into studying God's Word. Um, memorize it word perfect. And then also, if you, you, you don't have, you can't memorize, or sorry, you can't recall what you don't have, right? So, um, 
Uh, Greg Sweet, uh, a couple weeks ago, made that, that comment that the, the Holy Spirit can't use what it doesn't have access to. So if you memorize God's Word, you now have given the Spirit a plethora of weapons to use in this battle, uh, the spiritual battle in this life. So those are two comments. Now we're moving into studying God's Word. Bible hearing and Bible reading should lead to studying the Bible. So as you hear God's Word, maybe on a Sunday morning, and, and you say, oh, um, that, that, that's uh, something that I want to look more into, write a note down on your, on your bulletin. You know, keep, keep something um, for yourself so that later on you can you know, go home and, and study God's Word and look into it more. Bible reading can also and should also lead to Bible studying. You're going through your Bible reading. Uh, I like Donald Whitney's um, Analogy: We were just in Wisconsin last week, and um, and I had an opportunity to operate a, a pontoon boat and to be a passenger in a speedboat. Okay, so when you're on the pontoon boat, you're you're just not going that fast. Um, you can go kind of fast, but you're you're really just cruising. You're taking everything in. Um, and a speedboat is, is mainly like, okay, you know, we're, just, we're trying to get somewhere. You may notice a few things, a loon popped up here, you know, something over there. Um, but you're, you're, you're flying by and you're getting through. Well, the speedboat is more of reading God's Word. You're reading God's Word, you're getting it in, but you're not meditating on it, you're not dwelling on it, uh, you're not studying it. But a pontoon boat, you might be able to, you know, notice a few more things. Oh, that's a little more shallow or, you know, things like that. Um, so he uses that analogy that, um, you know, it's, it's the, the reading of God's Word is like kind of going through you're you're getting the intake of God's word and you're you're exposed to it and then there there needs to be a time for kind of slowing down and and taking it in and studying it and looking at it more closely so I like that analogy so studying God's word is more akin to uh, you know perusing through that same lake that that um, that you just sped through but noticing and and taking in and and looking at the depths and and um, absorbing um, your surroundings so your Bible hearing and your Bible reading should lead to studying the Bible. Um, I like, this is a, actually a recommendation from, from John MacArthur's book, How to Study Your Bible. There, there are, let me just say this on the onset, there are a number of books and materials that you can use to, to help you study the Bible, to give you tips and methods. Um, here's one, John MacArthur's uh, Studying the Bible, there's, if anyone has a study Bible, an ESV study Bible, there's a section dedicated to studying God's Word with, you know, helpful, um, practical ways to go about doing that. Um, and I just, from, from his book, borrowed this um, tip that he has for studying God's Word. The first thing he likes to do is read the text over and over and over and over and over and over and over again. Um, he actually takes up a text um, that he can read for about 30 minutes a day, and he'll read it for 30 days straight. I think that that's great, um, and that's actually a, a, um, a, a little bit different of a Bible reading plan than, than what I've given you um, up here, and I actually kind of like that, actually. Um, as, I, as I read through the book, um, I started thinking, maybe that's a little more, I'm, I'm convinced by his argument that that may be a little more um, beneficial for, for, for us. So, so just making a plug there that if these Bible reading plans suit you, amen, you're getting into God's Word, that's what matters. You may also consider just taking up, as he says, the book of First John and reading First John every day for 30 days. And, you know, and he says, resist the temptation to like, think, oh, yeah, I already know what it says and, you know, this, that, and the other. No, just read it and familiarize yourself with it. Meditate on it. Dwell on it. And, um, and that can have a powerful impact on your life. And then after that, go into the book of John, he says, and, and so forth and so on. Colossians and Luke and, and, um, and other books of the New Testament, all the while reading some section of the Old Testament as well. So I kind of like that and um, plan to take that up just, just because he, he kind of poses this question that, um, that is, uh, it's, it's a good question, is if I ask you, you know, what did you read three days ago in your Bible reading, you might be like, I don't know, you know, and that's a that's that's an an, an apt uh, question because we want to you know not only read our our Bible but we want it to change us and maybe that Bible reading plan of just reading one thing in the New Testament for thirty days and he says it'll take you about two and a half years to get to the whole New Testament but you know until the Lord tarry as long as the Lord tarries rather um, maybe that'd be a, a good use of Bible reading so. Read the text over and over and over again um, is uh, what I would recommend taking up as you begin your studying of the Bible. 
Avoid errors in interpreting God's word. Um, the, again, Donald Whitney and John uh, MacArthur in their books uh, recognize that you know there are differences, uh, there are grammatical things to consider, there are historical things to consider, there are um, historical things. Did I say that right? Historical things to consider, cultural things to consider, and uh, geographical things to consider as you study your Bible. All of the Bible reading, Bible rather, Bible studying tools and resources that you reach out can help you, you know, get there. Or, as this book does, expose you to more resources that can help you along that journey. Vines um, has a, is, is a great resource to have, or, or um, you know, uh, uh, commentaries are a great resource to have. Vines is a, a word, word uh, a dictionary uh, of, of terms in the Old New Testament. Um, you can have a commentary and things like that. So, um, Many resources are available and resources that come out of resources to, to help avoid interpreting uh, errors so that you don't, you know, take a text out of context and, and, and make it mean something that you want it to mean. Yes? One other easy tip that I'd recommend is get yourself, when you're, for your detailed study, especially if you're going to read and reread, get two or three good, high-quality, formal equivalence translations and read them side by side. Um, sometimes people ask me, well, what does the Greek say? Usually what your English Bible says. Almost always what your English Bible says. And so by reading two or three translations that are good, I mean, and I put in the top tier, New King James, ESV, New American Standard, um, th- those, are, those are probably my three top for accuracy's sake. Um, if you've got the vocabulary, the King James is great as well. Um, but by reading those, where they're saying virtually the same thing, you can be pretty confident this is a tight translation of the original Greek, Hebrew, or Aramaic. And sometimes, and especially in the Proverbs or Psalms, you'll see them going left and right. And that'll give you uh, a note that's how to look into something. So you're reading in 1 Corinthians 7, and you see the New American Standard says, I forget which one does which. One of them refers to a man's virgin daughter, and the other his betrothed. And that, even if you don't know why they're switching, that would be a marker. Something's going on here. And what's going on here is the English, the Greek is just his virgin, which is not a idiom that we use. But by reading multiple translations that are tight and inaccurate, you will get slight different, because words don't always match up perfectly, one-to-one. And so one translation is going to pick um, for hupomone, endure, and the other is going to be perseverance. And by reading perseverance and endurance in James 1, okay, you got some sort of... So there's a simple thing you can do to enrich your Bible reading, especially when you're re-re-re-re-reading, is get another translation that's is a good translation and read it alongside of it to help figure some of the things out. Anyway, it's just as a very straightforward tip that's tremendously helpful. Amen. So read it over and over again. Avoid errors in interpretation and meditate on what you've learned. Um, I remember coming from high school to college, and if anyone, you know, Maybe you were more studious than I was in high school, but I, I was able to get away with just cramming the night before, you know, so, you know, you kind of hear what's going on in class, okay, and then you're just thinking about, you know, football or something going on, and, and then, you know, you're like, oh, no, that's tomorrow, and you cram, and then, you know, I did well in high school, and it's it's really a red herring because <laughs> I didn't remember much. I had to relearn a lot of that in, in college. But then you get to college, right? And the teachers or the professors rather are smarter and they've got you all figured out. So they, they talk about things in their, in their um, lecture, but you really have to not only just hear, right? Here's, this is the hearing of God's word as a, as in this example. You not only have to hear, but you have to go and you have to like do the hard work of studying and, and working out problems and, and retaining you know, um, that information and, and crystallizing it so that it's not just, oh, hearing it this way, but now I know it. I would, I would liken that to studying the Bible. This is not a, you know, just a, something, you know, that you, the cursory kind of hearing or even reading of God's word. This is digging a little deeper, but it has and it yields good fruit. But you're only going to be able to have the good fruit, solve the problems, get the answer correct in this analogy if you are putting in the time, not the night before, but throughout and, and taking it in and, and, and med- meditating on it and working through it. 
Um, another point is to share your discoveries with others. And there's many, many ways to do this. You can share the discoveries of what you're studying in God's word in a one-on-one conversation with someone. All of a sudden you're talking with someone and they're discouraged and you're like, I've been reading and I've studied about that. Let me give you a word of encouragement. Um, you, can, you can do that in a one-on-one session. You can do that you know, in your small group as you're studying through a text. It's not only, it doesn't have to, I should say, only be on the small group leader to, to study the text and to, and to be prepared to give its interpretation and meaning. You can, you can also, if you aren't the leader, study and, and also be able to, to share and, and to, um, to, to give insight um, as well, instead of just opinions, and that's, that's, that's a difference, right, as far as uh, studying God's Word. So there are many ways to do this in person. You can do it with your kids if you want to share your discoveries with them um, and your family and help them understand God's Word more. If you're a father, uh, that's your job, um, your job description as a, as a husband and a father to do that. So uh, be about the business of sharing your discoveries, what you've learned, teaching others as the Lord has taught you in your study. Let me read Ezra. I'm making great time. Awesome, man. This is great. Let's read Ezra chapter 7, verse 10, and get an outline kind of of, of what I would say um, studying your Bible should look like as far as uh, what goes in, uh, what happens, and, and what to do next. Ezra chapter 7 verse 10 reads this, For Ezra set his heart to study the law of Yahweh and to do it and to teach his statutes and rules in Israel. So A, he set his heart to study the law of Yahweh and to do it and to teach his statutes and rules in Israel. And I think that's, that's an informative verse right there uh, with regards to, to what we should think about our, our study of God's word. We should set our heart. We should pray before we come into uh, the study of, of God's word. You know, A, you're praying for, you know, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief if I don't feel like studying right now. Um, I, I want to come into this, as Pastor Jeremy mentioned this morning, uh, with, with a heart of, of knowing that God will, he will bless this. And, and we know that God will bless the, the studying of his word because he says as much. And, and he's called us to be holy as he is holy, right? And, um, and, and he has in, uh, in Ephesians, I'll read that since that's uh, where we were not too long ago. But if this is what the Lord has, has said, you can guarantee that he will provide the grace to, to do it. Even as he has chosen us before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. So he's called us, he's, he's set us apart to be holy and blameless before him. If we set, a, set to studying his word with the idea of obedience and, and conformity to Christ, he'll bless that. He will, even if there isn't quite the, the, the desire or the appetite for it on the onset. Set your heart to do it, knowing that it will be um, blessed by the Lord and that you will be uh, blessed by it. Set your heart. Study the law of the Lord. Don't just you know, read it or, or take a cursory glance at it. And we'll look more, more at that um, when we consider James uh, later on. But set, set your heart to, to not just... Look over it, but to study the law of the Lord and to do it, right? Because um, studying God's word, meditating on God's word ought to lead to obedience. Do it. And then also to teach it to, to others. So use that as a, uh, as a, as a verse to kind of help you guide yourself through your, your time and your study in studying God's word. And, and um, I pray that others would be blessed um, in your doing. Meditating on God's Word. Let's work with the definition that, um, that Donald Whitney has in the book, right? If you can't do it better, then just borrow from, from who already has done it. He, he defines meditating on God's Word as deep thinking on the truths and spiritual realities revealed in Scripture for the purpose of understanding, application, and prayer. I'll read that again. Definition of meditating is deep thinking on the truths and spiritual realities revealed in Scripture for the purpose 
of understanding, application, and prayer. And I would just add uh, application slash obedience and prayer. So in that sense, um, meditating on God's word is very different from what our culture thinks of as meditation. Very, very different. Um, I was looking up just kind of, you know, what, what the Internet say about meditating or meditation these days. Um, and I landed on mindful.org or some, some, you know, mindful meditation, whatever. Um, very interesting. Um, as you would imagine, you know, if you think of, of yoga and these other practices, it's all about like emptying yourself and, and to m- focus on your breathing. And, and if thoughts come into your mind, um, to, 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 you know, disregard them and get back to the breathing and think about the breathing and think, think really, really hard about the breathing. Uh, so it's, it's really this, this passive state of, of just being and doing and, and I don't know, relaxing or something. I call it napping. I like to meditate too. I'll just sleep. <laughs> if I'll focus on my breathing, I, I mean, passively, I'll focus on my breathing, um, but I'll be there. But uh, I love to nap too. Um, but that's not, that's not what the Bible talks about is meditating on God's word, meditation. Meditation is active. It's something that you take in. It's receiving um, um, God and his truth and, and, and obeying it. And, and um, so it's, it's not this passive emptying, but it's, it's a filling of ourselves so that we have God's word residing and his truth residing within us that we might uh, be faithful to, to do and to respond to what he says. So there's a difference there. I like that definition, though. Deep thinking on the truths of spiritual realities revealed in Scripture for the purpose of understanding, for obeying, and for prayer. Many things can lead to meditating on God's word. Um, you can, you know, hear something in, in, in a sermon uh, like I did a few months back. James chapter 1, verse, verses 22 to 25. Uh, we'll take a look at that as you see on our sheet here in a little bit. Did a lot of meditating on that afterwards because I was so struck at how I had glanced over that many, many times before and hadn't really, you know, um, thought about that and, and, and had that change me. So there was a lot of, of, of change that came out of that. Meditate on that as, as, as you receive um, a rebuke or an admonishment through a sermon or, or, or through a brother or sister that, that comes to you or through the Bible itself as you're reading it and you're like, ouch, that's me. I need to do something. Um, and then you see what the Lord has said and... and um, and you obey. So many things can lead to, to meditating, to, to taking in, to soaking, absorbing God's word. The fruit of meditation on God's word should be obedience. That should be the fruit of meditation. Not emptying yourself and thinking about your joints and feeling like you're breathing better. No, meditating on God's word should lead to obedience. And, um, and that, that's a lot of what was mentioned this morning in God's sovereignty, you know, talking about, you know, how is it that, that we can rejoice in, in God's law? How is it that we can love God's law? If your goal, I'm just going to quote Pastor Jeremy here, if your goal is being more like him, then you will love his law. So if your goal is being more like Jesus, like Christ, and I would submit to you if you're a Christian, that's absolutely your goal, is to be more like him, then you will love his law as the psalmist does. Or you will, John fourteen fifteen. if you love me, you will keep my commandments. So how do we, how do we get there? How do we get to that love? How do we get to the keeping of, of the commandments? Well, you meditate on God's word. You can't obey what you don't know. And you, and you can't know what you just kind of heard, you know, one time. Not well, anyway. Maybe, maybe some of you can, actually. I, I, should, I shouldn't put everyone in, in my boat. Uh, my boat's very small. Um, so meditate on, on God's word, and the, and the fruit of meditating on God's word should be obedience, should be action. Um, let's think of, uh, I'll just turn to, or, or read, rather, uh, John chapter 15, Jeremy already stole John fourteen fifteen, so I'll just go to John 15, verse 9 and 10. Um, we get this, this, uh, this kind of Jesus possibly walking um, through a, a garden area or a place where there's vines, and he says, I am the vine and you are the branches. 
Later on, he says, as the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept the Father's commandment, my Father's commandments and abide in his love. Meditating is abiding. Meditating is abiding. Being near and, and staying with, remaining with, Right? When Jesus is, is at his dark hour, he calls a few of the disciples to, to abide, to remain, to stay with me. And they fall asleep. But fruit of meditation on God's word should be obedience. We should abide in him. And meditating is abiding. It's staying with the Lord. It's not, you know, quickly, you know, hearing what the Lord has said. Right? We'll get to James chapter 1. You can see that I'm, I'm ready to get there. It's not hearing what God has said and forgetting about it and forgetting what you look like. It's doing something about it. It's abiding with it, letting, it, uh, letting the truth of it um, hurt you and then the, 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 the help to, to change you. Let's look at a few examples in Psalm 119. You've clearly heard one of the examples already this morning in God's sovereignty. Let's just consider uh, what the psalmist in Psalm 119 has to say about meditating on God's word or meditation. I will, verse 15, Psalm 119, verse 15, all of these obviously are in Psalm 119. Verse 15, I will meditate on your precepts and fix my eyes on your ways. Even though princes sit plotting against me, verse 23, rather, even though princes sit plotting against me, your servant will meditate on your statutes. Verse 27, make me understand the way of your precepts and I will meditate on your wondrous works. Verse 48, I will lift up my hands towards your commandments, which I love, and I will meditate on your statutes. Verse 78, let the insolent put me to shame because they have wronged me with falsehood. As for me, I will meditate on on your precepts. And then 97 to 99, which we looked at this morning. Oh, how I love your law. It is my meditation all the day. Your commandments make me wiser than my enemies, for it is ever with me. I have more understanding than my teachers, for your testimonies are my meditation. And then finally, Psalm 119, verse 148. My eyes are awake before the watches of the night, that I may meditate on your promises. The psalmist has a lot to say about meditating, dwelling, remaining with the word of the Lord and having that change him and strengthen him so that he's able to make it through these um, difficult times and to continue to trust in the Lord and to love his law. Meditate. Let's take a look. Let's, change, let's uh, turn rather to James chapter 1. I know that you're probably familiar with this, but I just want to keep, keep riding this horse because it's a good horse. It's a strong horse. And, um, and let's go to James chapter 1, verse 22 to 25 and consider what, what James is saying here and the difference between um, you know, these, these two individuals, if you will, the hearer who forgets and the doer who acts. Let us hear. James chapter 1, verse 22 to 25. But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. I want you to, to, to focus on, on um, this, this, this idea or, or, or this, uh, this action of looking intently or looking at intently or looking into. It, it has a few um, um, responses. And let's consider... Uh, those. So verse 22 again. But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks intently at his natural face in the mirror. For he looks at himself and goes away and at once forgets what he is like. But the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and perseveres, being no hearer who forgets but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. What do we see there? We see a difference of two individuals, a, a hearer who forgets and a doer who acts. And what is, the, what is the difference there? 
Well, one's looking at his natural face in the mirror and he goes away and forgets. The other, in verse 25, looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and perseveres, being no hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts. And he will be blessed in his doing. Let that, let that truth, that reality, encourage you in your meditation on God's Word. Don't, don't, don't think that just, just reading your, your Bible, going through a Bible reading plan um, is, is meditating on God's Word. Oh, I've thought on God, but I you know, haven't meditated on it. It hasn't changed me. Meditate on, on the truths and realities that you see. You don't have to be... St- meditation ought to come out of studying God's Word, but being here on a Sunday morning and, and hearing clearly you know, uh, the Word of the Lord and, and, and a, an application should lead to meditation. Reading your Bible, and you don't have to study many verses to understand, that's me, and I need a change. And, um, and, and now you have something to think on, to dwell on, to, to look at, and to consider. So, this, this one who is, is no hearer who, who or, sorry, a hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts, he looks intently into the perfect law looks intently, gazes upon, not a casual glance, but a long look, a long, deep look. So this one is a doer who acts. And that really is the goal, right, of, of, of t- this study of the spiritual disciplines. We want to introduce the spiritual disciplines, to talk about the spiritual disciplines, not for the sake of the spiritual disciplines, but because God has called us to be holy and we ought to be holy. And so how can we, we get there? Well, through the spiritual disciplines, you know, through what we see in the Scripture modeled for us and what we have before us, reading God's Word, studying God's Word, hearing God's Word, meditating, memorizing, praying, worship, evangelism, serving. All of these spiritual disciplines are, are aimed at putting us in the common path of our Lord so that we can hear what He says and we can obey and we can be a, no hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts. So, thank you, James, for, for that um, reminder. Finally, let's take a look at Psalm chapter 1, verses 1 to 3 again. Uh, in God's sovereignty, this, this you have already heard this morning, so let's just read it one more time and, um, and be reminded of, of the promises to the one who meditates. Psalm chapter 1, verses 1 to 3. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. But his delight is on the law of Yahweh, and on his laws he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season. Its leaf does not wither, and all he does, he prospers. Receive that promise. Meditate, dwell on that promise. Believe it. The one who meditates on God's law day and night, not just for a few moments, will be blessed. Will be blessed. And God will, he will bless the pursuit of understanding. As we heard this morning in, in 1 Corinthians chapter, 12, or chapter 2, verse 12, that uh, I'll just read it since I can't quote it. I wrote down a portion of it, but didn't, it didn't quite uh, capture the whole thing. So I was moving along trying to keep up. Let me uh, read the reference. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 12. Again, you heard this this morning by the grace of God. Now we have received not a spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God. Why? So to quote Pastor Chairman this morning with the same lingering question to, to, to open it up. Why? That we might understand the things freely given to us. He wants us to understand. The Lord, He gave us a book that we might read it, dwell on it, meditate on it, understand it, and obey it. So meditate on God's Word and, and you will be blessed. You will be changed. Meditation, I would say, is... is um, it's, it's high up there. I don't want to you know, create a, a false hierarchy. But through meditation, you will have 
informed prayer. Through meditation, you will know how to serve and to, to care for the needs of others. Through meditating on God's word, I shouldn't say meditation. I think you guys know what I mean. Through meditating on God's word, all of these other spiritual disciplines are strengthened and given you know, some, some bone, some, some meat on the bone, rather. If, if you find meditation or thinking about chewing on God's word challenging, Psalm 1, verses 1 and 2, gives some insight. Classic Jewish approach, there are two paths. There's the path of the um, man whose delight is in the law of the Lord, and on it he meditates day and night. Notice what path he's not on. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. And there's a development of fellowship there. You're, you're walking with people in a path, you stop and you're talking, and you eventually are sitting around a table over a meal. So the contrast is he's not doing this, he's doing this. If you're having a hard time doing this, look at the company you're keeping, whether it's in podcasts, your entertainment you're watching, music you're listening to. Like, there's all sorts of ways to keep bad company. And to, to, if you're filling your mind with your reading, audio, visual intake with, the, with this world and its system... I wouldn't at all be surprised if you're having a hard time doing verse 2. The guy in verse 2 is doing something, and he's also not doing something. And so those things can go together. If you're sitting here going, this sounds neat, another way to help promote meditation might be examining bad sources of input. Um, we, we live in a world where there's so many blinking lights and pinging bells and emails and Facebook notifications and things that sometimes it's hard to stop and actually think deeply. And that's why it's a discipline, to discipline ourselves, to meditate on the Word of God. Not for the sake of, of our own feeling good about ourselves, but that we might receive the blessing and be in the path that leads to life. Uh, well, Psalm, Psalm uh, 19, which uh, Pastor Jeremy mentioned today, saying that David may have written Psalm 19 after writing 119, although he didn't say that was for sure. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. That's the last verse in Psalm 19. Um, but I was going to comment on a couple of things, I guess, after becoming a Christian. I I hung around the navigators, and the navigators have very, got a lot of practical stuff. And, and um, the first thing I was thinking of when you're talking about meditation one of the there's a little booklet that the navigators put out i don't i don't remember who wrote it but i know it was put out by nav press and i uh, talked to, the whole thing was talking about meditation and uh, one of the examples they the author gave was the cow chewing on its cud and i know that's a real that's a real nice thing to think about but we're we're in iowa here you know and have you ever watched the cow chewing on its cud you it's just standing there just standing there looking off into space, chewing, chewing, chewing. And you think, where did they get that? Well, they swallowed it and coughed it up again, you know. And uh, why are they doing that? Trying to get more goody out of that, you know. I mean, think about it. It's hay. You know, it's probably dry, you know. And that's the way God designed it. So they cough it up and chew it up over and over again. And they use that example as what we're supposed to be doing with Scripture, we just keep bringing it back up, and, and you know how there's no, there's no bottom to, to Scripture. You know, Pastor Jeremy, he's been a pastor for years and went to seminary, and he'll go back to a passage of Scripture, I guess, that he's done, preached on over and over and to find something new. I mean, you, you always find something new. The other uh, thing that I'm going to say related to what you just said about the importance of meditation, I think I may have shared this in one of my classes, but... Um, the navigators have a lot of these funny illustrations. One of them is the hand illustration. You know, the, the little pinky is hearing. If you just do that, you don't have a very good grip. I think the ring finger is reading, studying, memorizing. Then you got those three, but what's the thumb? Meditating. So you take those things you've heard, and that allows you to get a grip on Scripture. Because if you hear, study, do the rest of those things, but you don't really meditate on it, you don't have a good grip on Scripture. So uh, you're right. You, you said it. Meditating is the key to making the rest of them work. Amen.
Let me close with these two comments and then we can open up for, for more questions and comments. Uh, penultimate, all Bible intake should start with prayer. Thank you, Allison. She's been reminding me of this for, for a few weeks, but I didn't want to steal any of, of, of Jamie's thunder, so that's actually coming up next week, right? The spiritual discipline of prayer. But as Pastor Jeremy mentioned this morning, uh, some form of, 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 of a prayer that, that he makes and, and um, every Sunday morning, uh, we ought to all, as we hear God's word, read God's word, memorize God's word, study God's word, meditate on God's word, all of it should start with prayer because without the Holy Spirit, it's empty and, and, and you won't have the insight, right, that the, the Spirit was meant to give us, the understanding of all things, um, and it will be in vain. So, so pray, ask that the Lord would, would help and, and, and that, that, that you would soak up and, and retain what it is that you are meditating on. So, or, or, you know, any of the other spiritual disciplines. And then finally, just as a, a reminder, I mentioned this early in the study, but as we come to a close with the, the, the spiritual discipline of, of biblical intake or Bible intake, Remember Jesus' words in John chapter 7. He said, Sanctify them in truth. Your word is truth. 17. 17. 17. 7. Sorry. John 17. 7. Sanctify them in, in truth. Make them holy in truth. We're called to be holy. Jesus is praying that we might be made holy. How? In truth, for your word is truth. So if you... Um, haven't gotten the message, Bible intake is very, very important. And, and Jesus urges us to, to, to it. The, the, the apostles urge us to it. The, the, the Holy Spirit urges us to it. And we, we can get there uh, first and foremost through, through God's Word. Questions? Comments? Thank you very much, Greg. Um, I just wanted to share, we've actually been through it. Um, it was so perfect. It was so apropos that we were on Psalm 119, 98, 99 this morning. Um, it's a great encouragement when we think about some of the difficult questions we have to answer as we work through our life and some of the things we face and some of the opposition we encounter. The verse, your commandment makes me wiser than my enemies, I have more understanding than all my teachers for your testimonies or my meditation. And I was just speaking with someone a moment ago in moments when I'm feeling exceptionally dim or stupid or I don't know what, you know what I mean? I'm struggling to know what to do. It is good to know that Scripture gives us more wisdom and more understanding than anything else that we could seek and no matter how um, inadequate I may feel, we have God's truth, and the meditation and intake of that truth literally will give us more wisdom to help us get through those difficult times. And, and again, it's just such an encouragement at those times when you don't feel like, like how am I going to fix this? How, what, what do I do? And, and, and it is good to know that we have that promise, that we have that wonderful benefit from just steeping ourselves in, in God's word. Amen. And Carol, I love that. I, I'm I'm going to think about a cow chewing its cud every time now, and that's I love that example. Don't laugh at that. That's that's fantastic. I aspire to be like that when I'm thinking about a verse. <laughs> if if you find the cow analogy repugnant, Piper John Piper has a helpful similar analogy. Pictures a lozenge, like you got a sore throat and you have a fisherman's friend or one of those um, sucrets, and as you're as you're sort of sucking on it. And working over it, good, helpful, healing medicine, as it were, is coming into your body. That's what meditating on Scripture all day is doing. As, as your mind's going to God's Word, and you're thinking about and interacting with God's truth, that's going to, throughout your day, be strengthening, directing, helping you. It's so much more than your power 20 minutes in the morning. I suspect every one of us are sitting here thinking, well, I just, that sounds all great. Uh, I, in my life, I'm just too busy to do those things. I don't have time to meditate. Uh, 
but I think every one of us, you know, we see the promise of prospering. We see the promise of being blessed by doing something. It behooves us to try to figure out, okay, if I don't have the time, if I don't think I have the time, why is that? You know, where where could I maybe change my schedule some to, to make a difference? Uh, I'm I'm afraid that I'm I'm guilty as anybody, but I I fill every moment of every day with something. Um, generally, I'm I'm taking in something all the time, whether it be on the radio, the TV, uh, whether we're driving in a car or sitting in the den. Uh, you, you you tend to fill your mind with something. Uh, no question, some of it can be valuable. Uh, but quite often, a lot of it has falls into the uh, the being in the seat of scoffers. Uh, we're listening to what's wise of the world, uh, whether it be ESPN or whether it be talk radio or something that's that's maybe a little more valuable. Uh, but it's not the valuable thing to be doing. And so, if we just if we just look at that and, and just assess, well, maybe I could give up. One of the ten hours I listen to uh, talk radio and instead meditate. How would that change my life? And it, it's one of those things that you know when you when you contemplate it a little bit, you think, well, how stupid have I been? And yet it's so easy to fall into that, uh, and then to realize what what foolishness uh, when I've got when I've got at my fingertips the words that are going to bless me forever and yet I'm spending my time listening to somebody who may have some wise things to say but they're certainly not God mm. and they're not going to, they don't have the promise of making me prosperous or or blessed and and if I think if we all kind of reassess how we're spending our lives we'll find that we could carve out an enormous amount of time to meditate if we just prioritized our life a little bit better. Amen. Uh, along with that, um, as it's been mentioned before, um, that the, the point of uh, the spiritual disciplines isn't behavior modification, uh, isn't uh, for, for me to become a good boy or a good girl or you know, to become a better... Uh, is to change my heart. I can't do that on my own. Uh, only God can change my heart. But there are ways that I can present myself, offer myself to him, uh, put myself in the path where I can, uh, where we'll cross paths, um, where, where he can change my heart. Um, it's, it's, not, it's not an either-or thing, because obedience is expected, is demanded. But it's a both-and um, so, uh, as my heart changes, my behavior changes. Uh, I can change my behavior without changing, without my heart being changed. But uh, the, God's uh, desire and His goal, His purpose, is heart is is change, not what I do, but who I am. Um, That's what He's after. Our hearts, not just our cold, you know, um, doing of of things. And I'll just add there, to there's that. a great temptation for us to become moral moral people um, the, uh, but the, the opposite isn't necessarily to be a, an immoral person uh, but to be a, uh, is, a, is a temptation to be a moral person rather than being a spirit uh, led uh, uh, person yes. uh, doing things it's not it's just like a, a train it's not what what's driving the train and what direction are you headed um, yeah. And it may be that more exposure to God's word will help strengthen or, or you'll encounter verses that can comfort you or give you encouragement in those times when you are weak. But if you say, oh, well, I don't want to do it or I'm going to put it aside, you won't mm-hmm. encounter those right. realities. Yeah. Like maybe, may, maybe it's the Lord yeah. wants you to take this in so that later on right. um, he can bring a verse to you that finally makes it, it click and, and opens your eyes like this is yeah. where you Again, it's be. a both and. It's not an either or. Uh, as Jeremy uh, mentioned this morning, you know, we can be, uh, I can, you know, just by fortitude, I'm going to study the, you know, I'm going to check my, get my boxes checked, uh, but, or, the, you know, 
The other is to, well, since I don't really feel like it, then I, I won't. Yeah. But uh, I kind of feel like the, the author of Hebrews here, if time would permit, we could get into, you know, this verse or that verse or, you know, re, you know, refortify it or fortify, you know, what we've said with, with a number of things. But we are out of time. Okay. Just. Uh, okay. Well, we have one more, I guess. Just one quick thing uh, that goes along with this is the mem- meditation memorization. If I don't have, if I memorize things, I don't have to have a hard copy with me to me- to meditate in it. And I would suggest uh, memorizing passages as opposed to a list of verses. It's amazing what uh, listening to a, memorizing a, a passage or a book. Every time you you hear something else, you find the unity of Scripture in it. Uh, you, you memorize James, for instance. Every time somebody speaks out of Isaiah, every time they speak out of uh, Lamentations, every time they speak out of Genesis, you, you see the, the, the connection. Amen, yes. If I want to get serious, I need to make myself accountable to somebody. To go along with what Greg said, I heard a godly man say, you want to be a man of God, show me your schedule, but I got to make myself accountable to somebody to get yes. there. Just those are two points from last week. You know, uh, have, have someone to hold you accountable in your memorization of the scripture and memorization aids or, or helps meditation because now you have the word memorized and you can meditate on it right before you go to bed. If you're having trouble sleeping, you can meditate on it while you're on a jog, gardening, all these different areas. But again, if time would permit, we, we could stay here all afternoon and, um, and talk and, and, and part of me thinks, wishes that we could do that. But there are kids that need parents and food and stuff like that. So I'm going to give one closing thought, Greg. I'm quoting John Piper again. Facebook, the internet, and social media will rise up on the day of judgment and condemn our lack of prayer, Bible reading, and Bible memorization. You want, you want to be accountable? I don't check my email till I've gone over that verse again. I got an electronic device that can instantly let me know if I have a new message because it's so important that I don't wait 20 minutes to get the email or the Facebook message. Like, good grief. If it matters to us, the lengths we'll go to to make sure we have what we need. Okay, so what would it look like if it mattered to me that I was reading and thinking about God's Word all day? Amen. Anyway. All right, let's close in a word of prayer. I know that we all have to go. Father, we are so thankful that you have given us your Word. You want us to know you, and you've given us a tool to pursue you to that end. I pray, Lord, that we would take up Bible reading, Bible hearing, meditation, memorization, studying our Bibles, that we would take these things up, not with the vain hopes of looking better than the person next to us, but that we might be more like you, that we might love you more, that we might worship and serve you and obey you better. And I pray, Lord, that you would just fill our hearts with that desire, knowing that that is what you have set us apart for. And I pray that, uh, that we can encourage each other to that end. In your name we pray. Amen.